Welcome back to the Ublockity podcast with me, Don Birch. This is the podcast where we get to speak to the real experts when it comes to blockchain and technology. And we're changing tack slightly here in season two of the podcast. And we're actually going to be turning the spotlight onto our own people. And I'm absolutely delighted this week to welcome John Bring. John, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Pleasure being here. Now, tell me a little bit about you. What what brings you to Ublockity? I have over 28 years experience in the IT sector. I'm always learning new technologies. I worked in things like financial, uh, physical security, train management system. When I was looking at your blockity as a new role, what interested me was they were using blockchains, but they weren't using it for cryptocurrency. So that really piqued my interest because everyone sort of associates blockchains with cryptocurrency. So we're saying, well, what else could he use it for? And then I learned about that Providence and for such a nearly startup company to have two major customers in, under the belt already. So I said, this company is going places. It's a new technology for me to learn that keeps me interested in computers. It's constantly learning. Like even though I've 28 years experience, I'm currently doing a master's in crypto security. So I've always wanted to learn new technologies and it keeps me young and interested. So it's not just a mundane nine to five job doing the same thing the last 20 years. I'm learning new things all the time. And as you look back, right, so as you look back at technology from 38 years ago and the kind of things that you were building, the kind of things you were involved in, like obviously a lot's changed, right, but what hasn't changed? What what fundamentally is the same? Coding is still sort of the same, like most of the stuff, the basement C, which is, you know, 20 odd years plus more old. So they're just variations of that. They're still using the same um, context. It's still object-oriented programming. So it's just like a spoken language. It involve, it's just involving. So what I learned 20 years ago is still fairly beneficial to what I do today. And tell us a little bit then about what you do, right? So your your role within your block is a solution architect. Now, forgive me for being ignorant. What does that mean? Are you are you looking for problems that you can then find a solution to? <laughs> the main part of a solution architect job is looking at what the company needs and how IT can actually be used for it. Like IT used to be seen as a disabler to business, but IT isn't. It's the enabler. It's they're the ones that put out there what you need to. It's literally looking at the requirements and how best we can use technology to do it. A good example was years ago, I came up with a way of using the serial port to be actually an alarm monitor to tell you if electric fence has been touched or had an error or something, which is not what a serial port is used for. A serial port is generally used for just data, but I actually was using it for pair fluctuations and that. So it was using technology and coming up with how we can use what technologies is there to meet our requirements to get what we want done. And people like, you know, Zuckerberg at Facebook years ago was famous, wasn't he, for saying, let's break things and, you know, move quickly. And that sort of, I guess that sort of creativity that you need to have in a role like yours, where you're going, okay, what's the, what's the problem that we're faced with? What are the tools that we have at our disposal? But also, if you approach it from a different angle or you try and, I don't know, break something and reuse it in a different way, is that the kind of stuff that's going on in your head all day long? Are you forever like looking around the world and going, hang on a minute, why don't we do this instead? Yeah, I would constantly be looking at new technologies, new way of doing things, looking at, as I said, I can start there. How best can we use them to fit our purpose? Like, if you want to be leading edge and keep up with development, you have to think 
of where it's gone, not where it's been. We can't be playing catch up. If you look at years ago with mobile companies, those companies going for 3G when other companies were still trying to get into the 2G market, you were always tracking what other companies were selling. You can't be, you have to be the leader of it. You have to come out and say, this is the correct way of doing things. You know, how can we use it? A good example again was smart cards. How insecure strips were, how can we actually improve that? Well, we use these SIM chips in, in phones and other things. Why can't we use them in smart cards? So it's, and that's why I said, like, to me and a lot of probably people I know, blockchains was always associated with cyber security or cyber currency. It doesn't have to be used for what it was designed to be used. I think that's a great point. When I, when I was joining your block to, what, 18 months ago, and I'll be honest, I didn't really know what a ledger was, let alone a distributed ledger. So this notion that blockchain was something that you could use to either go back in history and be able to prove where a product or an item had come from and where it was heading, but also sort of looking at how you can move goods across borders and how you can... So it's sort of, as you start to sort of look at what's coming over the horizon and some of the projects that we're working on, you know, what is it? What If you were down the pub and you were having to explain to a friend of yours that didn't really understand what blockchain was, how would you describe what it is that we're doing in a way that makes sense to people? We're literally bookkeepers for the whole movement of goods from the time they're loaded into a truck till they're unloaded the far end and we're auditing all that journey. Same way in the old days, the bookkeeper would be doing these debit ledgers and the guy would come in and audit these accounts to make sure that everything was okay. So that's what we're doing. We're literally bookkeepers or auditors for the, the transport of goods. And as you look then around the corner, John, what is it that excites you, right? So you're, you're sat here thinking, I need to keep learning. I'm always, you know, there's something around, around there that I don't yet know about. It's to such an extent that you're now doing your master's degree, Tell me a bit about that. What is it that gets you out of bed that, you know, puts a spring in your step every morning? When I started off, the first computer had 64K memory. You know, you I actually started off with punch cards, which was even worse again. <laughs> you know, it was like a big typewriter, no screen. But technology is always changing. And it's so powerful now. As I said, smartphones, who would believe when the first mobile phones came out, you know, you were able to make a call, send a text, and that was it. Now, a smartphone is as powerful as a mini computer. Actually, smartphones now are probably even powerful as a 3A6, which was the top-end computer back in the 90s, you know. So technology is always moving forward, and it's, it's not, as I said, a mundane job that you're doing the same thing day in, day out. Things are changing at a rapid rate, like... Smartphones are there now. What will come up next? Yeah, you know, what is going to be the next technology that's going to come out there that makes our lives easier? Do I now have the Sky Glass TV, which is your TV, your Sky Box, all built into one and it's all Wi Fi? No more dishes or anything else in your house. You know, they're constantly looking at better ways of improving things. Whenever you're in sort of one of these moments in time, and I guess as humans, we all think we're at the cusp of the next like revolution and you go back 100 years, 200 years, and you look back at what happened before. But it does feel like that at the moment, that there's sort of real fundamental shifts in how industries are going to function, how goods are going to be moved around the world, how banking's going to be done, and, and actually been able to get to the truth at the touch of a button because it is held in an immutable way on a distributed ledger or a blockchain. Yeah. I mean, that's incredibly exciting to be in the midst of one of these sort of revolutions, isn't it? 
It is, yeah. That's what I said. Like, if you look at now, there's many online banks that are there. You know, people are not wanting red brick building banks anymore. You know, they're quite happy to use online banking. Like, I don't know when the last time I was actually in a branch. You know, it must be years. I have no need to go near one anymore. So technologies are making their jobs easier. It's Years ago, you had to go to a bank from nine to three if you wanted to do any business. You don't know. You just get your phone any time of the day. And it makes our life a lot easier. And that's why technology is constantly changing. And it will always change. Like what we're doing now, two years' time, we'll be doing something different again because we'll be saying, well, we can now use blockchains to do this. There's like carbon emissions and everything else can be all done and monitored and audited by on your blockchain. And also, I guess this the future work has shifted considerably. And we obviously come through the pandemic and that forced everybody to work remotely. But but I guess you'll be sat there, won't you, remotely, whereas 10, 20, 30 years ago, you'd be in a big you know office building like the rest of us in big departments with all that cost. What's yeah. it like working for a company that is agile and remote by design? Because you're blocked is forever only been a remote yeah. and agile company. Yeah, yeah that, that's again technology. Like 20 years ago, if you had people remote walking remotely trying to set up a video conference call, you know, it was a nightmare. You know, we had to build time with it, so you have the bandwidth and everything else. For walking from home, they, you sort of miss the camaraderie in the office. But, you know, we have Zoom now, we have um, Teams, so many products out there that do video conferencing, the Slack for keeping messages. It's like walking in your own private office in a building. Oh, I got promoted in my own office. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's literally what it's like now. Everyone has their own office, so you don't have to be a senior manager to get an office with a window view. I have one there now. You know? so, so, yeah, like when you take it, it took a pandemic to get companies to realize what they could do. And if you now look at it, you know, with all the scoring costs, at the moment, you don't have to have big office spaces anymore. The electricity bills are going down because people are walking from home. So, you know, it's saving money for the companies. But unfortunately, it took a pandemic for IT companies who should have from day one only could do all this. Say, yeah, we can now walk from home. We have that technology. And that's often the case, isn't it? That you take, you need a catalyst event, um, as terrible as the pandemic was, a catalyst event to actually get people to make that shift, do that change. Yeah. I love this idea that you're sat there with a mahogany table and the best view in the house. And that, you know, 20 years ago, that would have been just for the chairman on the top floor. It would be, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I've just said I have a lovely, comfortable office. I have a great view of the Irish countryside. So I wouldn't get that. It's better than looking out a building at another building across the road. And also, get you, you're working now, aren't you, with an international team of colleagues who are based, yeah. you know, Romania and different parts of Europe, yeah. the UK. Um, how, how does that work then as, as a technology team? How do you bring that together so that, you know, you do manage to keep, you know, being agile and, and working in sprints, but doing it completely remotely? Yeah, as I said, like, if I have to ask someone a question, I just hop on the Slack or Teams and ask the question. Hop on, say you're free pop up a video chat and have a chat with them. It's no different than me walking out this and walking to the other end of the building to talk to someone. Or not face to face, but when you want to see the person, I can pop a video chat and talk to them. So it's slightly different that I'm away from everyone, but it makes that job easier. Like a lot of companies before, because everyone had to be in the office, they didn't deal, have a lot of remote staff. All of them are gone by the wayside now because, so my finish at four o'clock because of his time zone, because it's six o'clock there. 
like in other jobs I work with people in um, Asia, China, the Ukraine and America and there'd be a certain crossover times but it was awkward then because you had to be in the office, your own office at the time and to me the nearest office was a narrow stripe if I was lucky and an hour and a half, two hours drive home at night so I have more family life now because of it. What would your message be to somebody who's perhaps listened to this podcast, hasn't considered a role in the future in technology? You know, we've got young Ellen, for example, who's a farmer by background and yeah. did agri-tech at Queen's and then has ended up at your block tea and is just yeah. absolutely flourishing in a, in a technology yeah. role. If you were chatting to somebody and wanted them to, to consider a, a role in, in technology, what would be your advice to them? No matter what job you have, you're using it. Like if you're a cashier in the till, you're using the point of sales system. It's technology, it's IT, you know. So anyone can do IT. You just don't have to be afraid. And as I said, there's never any wrong solution because people will come up with ideas and someone will say, God, that's actually weird. And I'll say, actually, that's quite a good idea. One of my sons is an astrophysicist. He works in IT. And his degree, his, his PhD is an astrophysicist. So he went into full-time IT. And I have two other sons that's, that do IT as well. So my uh, eldest said he was never tending to go into IT. And he decided because the, his brothers were talking about it all the time, he'd give it a try. And now he's doing IT. <laughs> so there's no such thing no one can do anything. Like, if you look at, I don't know, in other countries, in Ireland, once you come over 25, you no longer need your leaving set to go to university. So there's nothing stopping them in, in the Republic actually going and doing um, a degree if they wanted it in computers without having the original base subjects that you needed in your leaving set or A-levels. If you look at the many online courses that are out there teaching people that are not IT people computers. My wife is a nurse. I was qualified as a nurse, but she can program in Python. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love the fact that you've got somebody in the medical industry and somebody in the space sector. So you, when you have this argument, when you say it's not brain surgery or rocket science, you've got two qualified people in the room. That is, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So, you know, when she was originally doing some training, she actually had to learn how to write... Um, stuff for um, access, creating access database and write scripts that actually do things as part of our training. Technology is there for everyone and anyone can do it. You, as you said, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to do it. It might help, but you don't have to be. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Well, listen, John, it's been a pleasure catching yeah. up with you. Thank you so much for taking Likewise. the time to come on your, your Block T podcast. I'm looking yeah. forward to our next Your Block T-ness of Things call because... Yeah. I have to say, lovely listeners, John holds yeah, the record yeah. at the moment for the most entertaining introduction uh, to anyone who's joined the company. But John, for the meantime, thank you yeah. so much for coming on. Oh, thanks for having me. 